0: Hello everyone, this is Tim. Welcome to the Cognizant Toy Factory. I didn't realize I had 61 episodes done already. Because I know I was not doing them on on a regular basis like I was supposed to. And I didn't realize I had that many. But I'm happy that I have that many. And now I have a system for developing and creating more. Sharing my thoughts more. And... I guess I'm getting toward the end of my life. So I want to share and leave as much content as I can. Speaking of that, I lost a very good friend. In, In fact, it's safe to say he's a brother. And he was sick for a little while. So, you know, it wasn't completely unexpected. But he was a brilliant brother. And Um, I remember, wow, way back, he was a computer, everything. He can repair, build computers, program. He was a computer programmer by training. And so, really into tech. But we also had conversations like about politics, society, black life, and all these other kinds of things. Brilliant, brilliant brother. Two, three hour conversations. Matter of fact, we were doing a podcast and then we would have conversation. He would be like, damn, that's a podcast. We should just do this on the podcast. But he was always in and out of the hospital. So we never got to be really consistent. Um, I don't even remember the name of the podcast. I'm sure they're out there though. Um, so, you know, he was trying to do a black business doing computer repair, and and he would go to people's houses, and I remember one time going with him to a house to help and keep him company, and he worked on this guy's computer system for all day, and the black guy didn't even feed him, and didn't even really want to pay him much, kind of just threw him some money, and uh, we were so upset when we left there, so just kind of pissed off um he offered me some i said no i'm not gonna take any Uh, i really did i didn't do much work there i just kind of kept a company handed him things here and there if he needed whatever um but it, it, it just was disgusting and he was pretty much unsupported by our community for the most part, um, ignored by our community, like a lot of brilliant people in our community are. And it it got me to thinking, is the only way a black man who has, who's thoughtful, could have any peace is just to pass on. Because one of the things that um we felt, and I talked to his mom and said, well, you know, she was with him during his last hours and, um he's at peace and we all know that he's at peace his mom said he was in a lot of pain so he's at peace now and usually when black people die we do die in most painful ways because painful in life painful in death um so yeah it got me wondering is that the only way a black man can find any peace In this society I mean because so many things are uh, dumped on us so many systems and institutions are grinding us down by design so many people are either uh, either saying hey you know just you got to do what you got to do to stay in there and get ground down try to get ground down slow Slower than quicker. That's what our community does. We, we once had a community that would say, man, we're not going to let them grind us down. We're going to develop and build organizations institutions to combat that or to give us what those institutions can't give us. We're going to have study groups and schools to give us because the school ain't no good. We're going to have community gardens and maybe um, people who cook and make plates because fast food was no good. We're going to have uh, card games and rent parties because social services wasn't giving us enough or forcing the man to leave the house and all these other things like that. And sometimes we do both. We do social services and have rent parties. Card parties where the house would get a certain amount and that's how people paid their rent. Um, we have none of that any today. None of that so, so you wonder again, do we get any peace? And I'm not sure. I mean, I I don't, I don't think we do. I'm I'm not, don't think I'm going to get any, but I do hope that my nephews who are younger than me get some. I mean, because life, you should have some peace of mind when you're alive. You shouldn't have to wait for the great by and by, because if that's the case, then black people are in the same condition today. Then we've been in our whole, well, not our whole time here, but since enslavement in the United States on this territory. And as a matter of fact, if that is the case and we're in that condition, just like our, our ancestors were, we're actually doing worse because at least our ancestors did have the slave quarters. And we don't even have that we don't even have the projects anymore I walk by projects trying to find some stable housing still don't have any by the way that's why I need your support I need you to just donate sponsor or however you want to do it go to the website join the Conderson Center but I, you know I walk by projects right here in Queens try Rockaway to deal with an application and people treated me like I was a foreigner and my people go back to sharecropping in Mississippi. So, um, this, is what, this is what we're dealing with. So, okay. Again, I mean, I, I'm genuinely asking. Oh, that's a street sweeper. Hold on, hold on. See that? Street sweepers going by. Raw podcast, very raw. So again, I, I asked the question um, when will we get peace? You know, when? And um, I really think I need you all to answer that. Will we ever? I don't know. And if we don't get peace, when do even the people holding us down get any peace? Because holding people down to the bottom takes a certain amount of energy a certain amount of time and a certain amount of grinding on the human spirit as well not as bad as the people on the bottom but it does it it takes a toll and i just wish that we had the courage to say all right we're not gonna do it. we're gonna stop drinking ourselves to death stop smoking ourselves to death stop drugging ourselves to death and just deal with this race issue deal with the injustices in this society because they're very easy to deal with we know the resources are there we know um, everything we need to answer to solve these problems is right here and and the solutions are easy to implement but you gotta take down these systems that are built on grinding human beings so other human beings can profit that you have to do and too many of us are still too comfortable in these systems and institutions to do that. But it has to be done. Or else we're finished. All of us. Yeah, we'll go first. Black people will go first. Which in a ironic way means we'll find peace first. Before you all do. Then the people holding us down will. Because even if we only find peace and death. We'll be gone before you know you get any peace. And you the people who are holding us down. And you the gatekeepers. The black gatekeepers who are lying. And the black parents who are misdirecting and misguiding your children and all that. So, you know, that's what's been on my mind. Um, will there ever be peace for us? And so, and I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm reading Afro-pessimism right now. Excellent book. And um, from what I understand, he thinks, the author thinks, that the world has to end for black people to get peace on earth. So... He could be right i don't know but you tell me what you think um let's go on to the next issue if you want to support this podcast you can support directly or go to the website and join the conversation center okay black parents schools getting raised, start back up schools were terrible before the pandemic they destroyed your mind now, there's a chance that school may destroy your child's body. What will it take for black parents to finally say, okay, enough is enough? Now, I will have to say, the largest group of homeschoolers after COVID are black parents. New new homeschoolers now are black parents. So, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel like something's happening. Um, It's still a small amount, but... If if we are the largest number of new cases, that means we we learn something from 2020. It means we love our children enough, at least those parents, to not put them in mental, psychological, and physical danger. Now, I never became a parent. I never became a parent because I, I knew one. I didn't have a community that was intact to bring my child into. And it really does take a village and our village doesn't function like shit. Doesn't believe it is a village. It doesn't believe in unity. It believes in rugged individualism, which is a fantasy. It believes in the American dream, which is a nightmare. I don't know how our community got like this. Well, I, I know how, but why we embrace such insanity? Maybe it's mental exhaustion. It's fear. Maybe it's just we don't give a damn anymore so we'll just we're just gonna live um unrealistic fantastic lives until we go and we're gonna throw ourselves into the grinder and just let it grind us down quick um maybe it's a combination of all those things but i do know that we don't have that as a community I also didn't have children because I don't have the, the resources. There's social capital, but there's, there's material capital. And I can never uh, attain the resources because black people usually don't attain the resources, the majority of us. We work, we scratch, we claw, but we never get where we need to be. We never get the stability we need. Um, and when you're black and a man and stand up for yourself, you're definitely not going to ever have the resources. I've always known that. Um, it's destroyed a lot of my relationships with other black people because they have chosen fantasy and that's fine. And they don't respect reality that I live in. And that's fine. Um, everybody has to do whatever gets them through the day. I can't do fantasy. They can't do reality. I don't know what else to say. So I can never bring a child into that. Because if I'm teaching my child reality and they're teaching their children fantasy, then my child is going to have the same miserable life that I've had. Right? Same failed relationships, failed marriages, failed that I had. And so I never had children because I I thought about this when I had children. That's another thing. I thought about what it would be like to have children. I was never... Now, people call me selfish for not having children, but the reality is I was never so selfish that I just had a baby just because I could. I thought about what the baby would go through. Always. And even at 50, I'm always thinking about what young people need. How do we make the society for them? Because that's what human beings are supposed to do. We're group beings. We can think um, and plan for the future any species wants to survive so when you have children you're trying to keep the species going there are people who are having children and destroying the planet at the same time or destroying the planet's ability to take care of those children which is insane to me and that, that gets labeled as selfless what I'm doing is labeled as selfish and this is the kind of madness that it's like to be in America but to be in the black community so, um, I've never seen black stability. Well, that's a lot. I saw when I was young in the in the seventies, mid to late seventies, but I haven't seen black stability since nineteen eighty or nineteen late nineteen seventies, when we had someone who sold plates, we had a black woman who had a candy store, we had a black man who ran numbers in the store, we had black black um. Butchers in the, in the supermarket or super rat with a butcher in the back had black guys from the neighborhood working in it. So, but that disappeared in the eighties and I haven't seen black stability since then. So it's been what, 40, 40 years, 30, 40 years. Yeah, I'm almost 50. So say from the time I'm 10 on. So yeah, about 40 years. And so I would never bring a child into that. That's just me. Now, I don't judge anybody else who does it or who thinks, well, I'll bring a child in and maybe things will change or I'll bring a child in and I'll fight for change. Sometimes you do it that way. Sometimes you bring a child in and it forces you to fight for change because now you want your child to have better. And I guess that's fine. But I thought of these things ahead of time. And um, I'm looked at as weird for that in the black community nowhere else, so I don't know what that tells you about us, Um, but you know, I feel for black parents, I don't know what else to tell them other than I created the Connorson Center so you have a space to go to teach your children, Um, you can use the, the public parks if you want to do social activities with other children, if you get a good block of, you know, a few blocks of People who homeschool and y'all all meet at the park a certain day, that's the physical education for your children if they're young. Um, even if they're in middle school, middle school you can get kickballs, you can get for cheap, you can get little rubber footballs for cheap. You can get these things for 2 $3. You can get basketballs for, for, for $15, $20. And you can get jump ropes for $5. You can get these things for cheap and have gym class right outside. If you don't have a group, you can get these for your child or your children. Um, you have science all around you. Mathematics, there's websites for that. Um, I think Academy.org. My wife said that that's the best math. She's a math person, and she said that's the best math, best math program she's ever seen. She said, even the way it it, it tracks you, it doesn't let you go to the next level until you complete one level. So you have the tools. um, And I just hope they use them. I I hope we don't send our children back into those terrible. Let's just call them mini prisons. At this point, especially in New York City. I don't know about the rest of the country, but in New York City, they're just mini prisons, metal detectors and all that. Um, uh, I guess we have a running theme because now we're going to talk about and I, you know, I've been kind of talking about this and it's, I've been thinking about black suffering that's the elevated train behind me by the way there are black people living underneath the elevated train in a little sort of like a tent city so they basically take their shopping carts and they lay them down on the side and they sit on them and i think they lay on them sometimes they have blankets sometimes they disappear so i don't know where they're going if they found the spot somewhere um when it gets too rainy or too cold i'll I'll see um i was thinking about joining them but last night they were arguing and fighting and i'm like "Eh, i don't know that's not peaceful I mean, I would think if you created a tent city, you don't got nothing else. What are you arguing for? But I guess we suffer so much that we can't help ourselves. But black suffering, and I've been thinking, you know, we know black suffering fuels the rest of the society. It was built that way. But I'm starting to realize, and starting to realize for the last few years, that people get off on black people's suffering. I think white people get a, it's a psycho, psychosexual thing going on. I think they get aroused. I think that Chauvin was aroused when he was killing George Floyd. I think he got off on it. Um, and I've known this for some time. I, I've watched white people will pick a fight with us and watch us yell and scream and get angry and kind of take in that energy. It's like they like it. They feed off of it. Like some kind of energy vampires. And it's not just them either. It's other blacks will do it. We'll we'll try to pick a thing. I've seen other blacks come at me with things, trying to make me fight them, so I'll argue with them. So I mean, I was suffering. People get off on it. Black people and white people get off on it. Some black people think it's heroic. I suffer and I don't ever fight the the institutions that make me suffer but I just suffer, suffer and I take it I'm a man or I'm a strong black woman because I take the suffering no, I'm tired of suffering and I want us to fight the institutions causing the suffering build institutions where we don't have to deal with those things that are causing us suffering suffering is not a cool thing and it doesn't make you strong, it just grinds you down Period. That's why we're not living long. That's why black men are dying in their 30s, 40s, 50s. I mean, it's outrageous. Um, By the way, my friend who passed was 57, I believe, so young by american standards but about right by black standards and this is what i'm saying it, it, it it's not right that a brilliant brother like that is gone so soon so um i don't know i don't know uh but yeah i, I think we need to shift how we think about black suffering um i've done it long ago because I don't find anything sexy about suffering, I don't find anything pow- empowering about suffering. So I've been doing the content for the Conscious Center for years, but I just recently incorporated because I've been advised to, um, to give some more legitimacy to the group. I'm thinking about having a website, but I'm kind of torn. Right now I'm using Patreon and Ribbon, but mostly Patreon. So. I think I'm going to keep using Patreon and keep using Ribbon for now. And I have some of my work in stores and Etsy and all those kinds of places, but most of my stuff you can get on Patreon. And um Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm going to do that. And I and I know I have some videos, but I do have some lectures that I could put on Patreon too. But the thing, I would have to upload them to YouTube first. See, with Ribbon, I upload straight to Ribbon my lectures. Oh, and Ribbon also now allows me to upload PDFs. So I can give you whole courses, lectures and um, and um, essays. Uh, because Ribbon is trying to bite off of uh, Udemy. They found me on Udemy and invited me to their platform so you know udemy's been good to me though but udemy also allows you to use the materials in multiple places as long as you're charging in every place so i like the udemy i like the ribbon i like the patreon and i'm doing all the platforms and you just pick which one you like the most patreon i think is the more well udemy pays me more so that's the more popular one is global Patreon, you have to get people to join and get people to really find you. And so, like I said earlier, the black support is atrocious. Here I am. I created something that's better than your school system, which ain't saying much, by the way. And black people, I have no members all on Patreon, no patrons. And you want to say, how, how is that possible? And what does that say about black people? What does that say that I have no patrons? What does that say that a lot of black people who are doing intellectual work and thought-based work is getting minimal support? And the ones who do get some support, they arguing. I see them arguing against concepts and they're educating you, giving you the books to read and things like that, which is cool. But they're doing it in arguments. And arguments and debates are entertainment. And we have to come out of this thing where where we don't accept anything unless it's entertaining. Right? Because sometimes you you should be entertained by just learning. You should feel good by just learning. You shouldn't have to be entertained to then I got to sneak in some learning. Sneak in some thoughts to help you make better decisions. So, you know, that's what's going on and with the Connoisseur Center and why I created it. And um, it has art. It's a Center for Art and Culture, so it has art. I have content, screenplays, and original lyrics for songs. You can read them. You can buy the rights to them. I have a store, my Etsy store, where you can buy the rights to them, to, to screenplays. Uh, I have my sub stack where I put the screenplays up too, piece by piece. And you can read the parts there. You don't get them on the Patreon until I'm completed a season. If I'm doing a series or until I complete the whole a whole one. But um, on my sub stack, you get them as I'm writing them. And you get behind the scenes notes on what I'm doing. So, um, and the sub stack is very affordable. Well, actually it's the Patreon has an affordable tier too, but to get the fiction and to get the other stuff, it's a little more. My Substack, I started and I have one member of my sisters supported me on my Substack, So I have one on my sub stack. I have one sister on my Patreon, but I think she couldn't afford to keep going and I appreciate That she supported me for as long as she did. Um, So I have no patrons, one substack. My classes on Udemy have been taken 94 times, so I'm proud of that. Because the essays, the academic papers alone are worth the course on Udemy. I usually get five or six academic papers on different books. And I'm trying to do all the classics. I did Christmas Carol 1984. I used Barn Burning in one of my courses. So I'm trying to use the classics. And um, do some classes on those classics. Um, So. uh, That's what I'm doing with that. And I'm just. All I can do is my part. And I'm enjoying doing my part. And if I die tomorrow it's there. And if anyone comes across it, to say, well, he did his part. And that's basically what you, you live for. You try to do your part. You offer what you can. Whether people take it or not, it's not really up to you. Rather people use it. Because we are in a situation where it's either you're going to live a thought-based life or you're going to die. <clears throat> There's no room. So I want us to live. All of us. But definitely, of course, I'm black and we've been dying for so long that I really just want us to live. And I want you, other people, to stop contributing to our death because that's no life for you either. That's really not a life. So all of us are stuck in this thing and it's not helping any of us. Um, I want to talk more about... Will human beings break out of this false paradigm? And again, race is a false paradigm. Um, capitalism is a false paradigm. The fact that you have to live this way, there are multiple ways that you can trade. Because ca- economics is basically about bartering and trading, that's all economics is. And first of all, the fact that you want to build your society by economics is a false paradigm, it's a false, um belief because you should never build your society around economics ever it should be built around a certain code of conduct and a certain set of standards economics is something you do in the periphery how you trade with each other and how you trade with the rest of the world and other peoples around you um and if you want to do that through dollars and cents or through crypto or through digital whatever you however you want to do that um, it's fine, but without a code of conduct for your society, without an understanding of how everybody in the society is treated, <clears throat> then it doesn't matter what your economics are. And we know this is true because the United States is the wealthiest place on the planet. Some people say we're the wealthiest empire in human history, and yet we have a homelessness problem. <clears throat> we have a drug addiction problem. We have an infant mortality rate that's high. Especially in the black community. We have people dying in their teens, children, babies, 20s, 30s, 40s, all across the board. We recently, for the first time in in human history, our life expectancy went backwards in the United States. But we have people that are so wealthy, they're building their own spaceships to fly to space. But our life expectancy is going backwards. So that And we build our society around economics. So that tells you. That a society without a standard. For how human beings are treated. Without an understanding of natural reality. And what human beings are. And what we need. And how we should be living. Without that. I don't care what your economics is. You're going to fold. As a matter of fact. A wealthy country with no standards and no code of conduct is worse. Because now you have some people in society who have the resources to really just brutalize the others. And if there's no standard, there's no code of conduct, there's no, nobody has any rights other than how much resources they have, then you could just grind people down and everybody shrugs their shoulders and moves on. You can step over the homeless man and walk into the Broadway play or the movie theater or the mall where malls are dying or the store you see, and then why should we pay for things at the store then you see how it how it declines and disintegrates Why shouldn't I if I'm hungry, why shouldn't I walk in and take a pack of um food or can of beans or whatever the case may be and walk out. Why, why should I pay? There's no standard, no code of conduct. <clears throat> you don't care that I'm starving. So why should I care that you need your business to run? Why should I care that the employees need a job? You see? This, this, this is the problem in the United States. This is the crossroads where we are. And I think it's a 50-50 chance that we will go the right way or the wrong way. My wife thinks that we're going to just slide, continue to slide into a dystopia. Um, it's starting to look like the purge out here in some parts of the country. It's starting to look a little bit like Handmaid's Tale in other parts of the country. So there's that. But uh, I hope or... I think people still have enough in them that they want to kind of live and evolve. Because we are conscious beings. Even though we are part of the animal kingdom, we are conscious beings. And people do better when they have thought-based lives. They really do. Although the system tries to make you think, just go along and get along. But you really do better as a human being. Right, so uh, we'll see. Well, we're kind of 60 40 towards the purge society, we're slipping. Um, we'll see what happens when all of these rent moratoriums and unemployment things lapse, and all these things like we can slip into a 70 30, we can slip into an 80 20 real quick. So, we'll see how what happens between September. I know my unemployment ends, federal unemployment in September, and so does my state. In September fifth, so I'll see what happens between then and um, between September fifth and um, December thirty first, because that's gonna be the telltale sign. What's gonna happen on the local level in New York City? Um, our city public advocate said the same thing I've been saying on these podcasts for years. Why do we have homeless people in empty apartments? And why are we paying $3,500 per bed per bunk to maintain a shelter where we can do direct stimulus, which we know works, direct payment for an apartment? A twelve hundred dollar apartment, a fifteen hundred dollars. Even if you want to say a two thousand dollar apartment, you're paying thirty five hundred dollars for a bunk in a prison, basically. Because I went to one of these shelters, I was sent to one, and it is brutal. It's a prison atmosphere. I heard a homeless man yesterday saying, Hey, telling his partner they sent me to the worst shelter. You're safer sleeping on the train or the street than in those places. At least on the train, you can hear people coming. You're in the train by yourself late at night. When you're bunked up in these dorms with all kinds of of, of, of brutal human beings, you can be gutted in your sleep and you're boxed in because it's a dorm with little sections. And I went to Swartz Island's Ward's Island, awful, terrible. It was basically Rikers Island. I don't want to say remodeled, but just, um, what do you say? Uh, that they're just using it now for shelters instead of prisoners. But they didn't do any remodeling, any of it. So, um, I don't know. You just, the city council and people are starting to actually put the question out there. Why is that? And there is no reason. So we'll see. New York City Housing Authority has a lot of money. But like I said, I think that's going to go to immigrants. I don't think that's going to go to Americans. So we'll see what happens with that. Um... And so, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we, we wonder, will human beings do it? Will we evolve as a thought-based conscious species or will we die out like insane, mad, just insane people, depraved, uncivilized beings? And that's the question. So far, my wife is right. We're leaning toward the mad, uncivilized. But people are still asking questions. Like I said, the city council and the, and the public advocate still saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. So the So the justice concept is still there. The rational mind is still there. It's out in the public sphere. It's just will we embrace it and push that? Or will we say, I got to get mine because they're trying to get theirs? Or will we become more and more and more regressive? Will we spiral down? You already know why I do all my work is that I want us to go evolve and continue to be here. I want young people to continue to live. I have young people in my family. I see young people on the street. I don't want them to go through what we went through. So, hopefully... um, All of my work is not just something for historians to look at, but that's not up to me. It's up to you all. And again, support me directly or go to the website. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And until next time, try to stay safe. Try to stay sane.